Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. This is your leadership development podcast where they share unique insights with the purpose of helping leaders achieve their greatest potential. You can learn more by reading their books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose, or by participating in one of their workshops. All of this and more can be found on their website, gapology.org. Hello, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you don't recognize my voice, it's probably because you're used to the, the smooth sound of Brian Brokoff. And we are here doing a Gapology radio takeover. So we are the ladies of Relatively Speaking, who you've likely heard on a number of episodes if you're a frequent listener. And I am Sarah Shulak. I'm here with my mother and business partner, Judy Shulak. And we are so excited to be able to speak to you about a topic that really you know, is, is passion, we're passionate about. It's really impacts a lot of us, no matter what industry we're in. So I'm going to pass it over. Welcome Judy to, uh, to the call here today and see how she's doing and how she deals with this issue. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to be here. It's of course kind of strange to not have Mark and Brian here, but I'm, I know they're off uh, doing some important and very fun things. So we're glad to kind of take over and, as Sarah said, we have uh, been on the show quite a bit and we've really enjoyed it. So conflict resolution is going to be our topic today. And there's just, I don't know if there's been a time where there's been as much conflict as there is right now, probably, but seemingly there's a lot in, in lots of areas. Um, so I guess I'm going to uh, just start by talking about uh, a recent conflict, which is very, it was very simple in nature, but if left alone, it could have became, be, could have become um, very significant. So um, I happened to um, run a couple of music schools with my son, Jake, and we've had one school for the past four years. And, you know, we've, both been very involved as co-owners of the business. We've been growing and developing people within the business. And now we are opening school number two. So um, for uh, quite a while in preparation for this new school opening, Jake has kind of been at the new school and I've been at the current school. So we've both been leading the teams in those areas. Um, then all of a sudden it was go time to get like, okay, now the new school is going to be up and running. And we were just working kind of round the clock, trying to get everything done. And so we were there together, my son and I, and then we had some other people helping us. And this was the day before our corporate folks were coming to um, train us all. So we really wanted it to look great. And there, one of our employees, Don was there and Jake had asked him um, to be setting up a drum set. And, and then I was realizing that there was this cleaning crew that was coming. And in order for them to do what they needed to do, I needed Don to do something. So I went to Don and said, Don, can you please move these things in the stage room so that they can be... Um, they, the cleaning crew can come in and do what they need to do, but these things need to be moved off the floor up onto the stage. And 
after I, so he, of course, Don said yes, and he started doing that. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, I certainly just confused this person. I definitely created an importance gap because I, he just had been told to do one thing from one person. And now I was telling him to do something else. And maybe because I'm older or Jake's mom, he listened to me, whatever I asked him to do, but I recognized it. And I went back to Jake and said, that's the last time I'll I'll ask Don to do something different than you've asked him to do. And then I went to Don and said, that's the last time I'll ask you to do something different than Jake. Sorry. I just, uh, I was just didn't realize that you had, he had already had you on a task, but it's a really, I think it's a simple example of a conflict resolution, but I think it's, it's a good example of being able to kind of nip something in the bud, right? Because had I continued to do that and we're all under pressure of something, this tight deadline. And now you have this employee who one person is telling them to do one thing and someone else is telling them to do something else. Clearly, I was uh, I was creating the conflict, but I, I'm i usually pretty good at recognizing when I do things like that. And I don't mind, you know, addressing it and apologizing. But I think it's a good example of an important step when people are told to do something and then they think they're doing what's most important but then they're given other signals per se i think that's um, a good way to look at that judy and the to break it down and and the, do the first step of what they teach in the gapology book is to identify the gap because once you have identified which one it is then you can take the steps that it requires to close it but what i think a lot of people get hung up on is believing that everything is a knowledge gap and i think that there was a great example that came out of one of our private coaching sessions that we had where someone's boss gave the ever so eloquent exasperation that said, I gave you all the tools. Why haven't you done the thing? And I think we made the the joke, the joking correlation that it's kind of like being in a call of duty type video game with an airdrop of supplies. And then someone yelling, you have tourniquets. Why are people still bleeding out? And, you know, there's, there's, resources and training and skills needed to complete different tasks. But just because you physically have them or you have them in your possession, that might not be the gap. And exactly like you're saying, sounds like Don could have done the moving of the things at any time. There wasn't really like a knowledge or skill gap for either his installation and putting assembling of the drum set or the moving of the things. They were pretty small, low entry point tasks. But the fact was, there was a priority difference. And while some people are really flexible and they're very nimble and they're probably good at switching gears and being like, okay, I'll go do this. And okay, I'll go do this. That can burn out a team when they're constantly saying, well, I was told to do this. And I'm sure you have examples of that through your two schools as well. Yeah. I mean, I think you are so right in that with conflicts, it is so, um, it so nicely correlates with gapology because realistically um, conflicts do arise when there are, when there are knowledge gaps, people have the tendency to blame things there all the time, but when there are clearly are knowledge gaps, it can create conflict. And if, when there's importance gaps, the example I gave that creates conflict. And lastly, if there are action gaps that can create a conflict as well. So I, I think I have so many examples right now just because of the different schools that we run. And I and 
again, sometimes they're just so simple, but we had, you know, I think that a lot of people, myself included, can kind of improv pretty well. Like something's got to be done. We can just, okay, let's go time. Let's make this happen. There are quite a few people who don't operate in that mode. Like they want to be completely prepared. They want to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row before they are going to go forth with their task. And an example I'll use from our mathnasium school most recently is we have a new employee. She's fabulous. I mean, I I feel like she's a great example of someone we hired that I know is going to make us better. And I know she's going to push us and I know she's going to stretch us because she's a high quality person and she's going to have high expectations. So I had a situation where I was making out the schedule and I could, I schedule teachers when I don't have all the students signed up yet, just to kind of predict. And so she was scheduled to do an online lesson and she has never done one by herself. Um, but there was only one online student. And so I put on her schedule that she'd be doing online. I didn't tell her that she was going to do it with someone else, that she was going to be just observing, that I scheduled her as online so that she could be observing Steve's, Steve's lesson. And so it's not that she was upset, but she definitely was concerned. She sent me a very lengthy message saying, I really don't feel prepared to teach this online lesson, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so then I walked back. And so number one, she, she definitely did have a knowledge gap in being able to execute this online lesson well. And again, those are things that I wish like they never like even surfaced in a tiny way, but they're, they're things that we just have to catch early to be able to say, yeah, I have this potentially great employee who can stay with us for a long time, which I greatly need. Um, but I could, I could really jeopardize her dedication to our business if I pushed her into doing things without the appropriate knowledge. Well, so. and Judy, I think that's a really great point for you to bring up here too, because on a lot of the sessions, these Gapology Radio sessions we've been on with Mark and Brian, they always talk about how the obligation or the responsibility comes back to the leader. And right. that we can say, well, employee or team member, I expect you to do this. I expect you to be trained well and have an open mind and be receptive to the training. I expect you to feel invested and on this unified mission for the importance gap as well. And I have the expectation for you to take action. But if we, like you did, and it was just that little example, but you didn't set her up for success because it was just that little bit of information that says this is a shadow session. And that's all it took to not have that kind of emotional response that she maybe had where she's like, I really can't do this. And I've had some similar communications, but it just goes back to that groundwork that the leader lays to say, these are why we have these expectations and vice versa. This is why, this is what you can expect of me. And going back to something else you mentioned about how conflict can arise in all of these different types of gaps that we notice, the performance gaps that we see, I, I would almost be willing to bet where a lot of conflicts can get really large very quickly, especially these days. It feels like every little thing becomes a very large conflict, but 
I would almost be willing to bet that the action gap produces the biggest amount of conflict because it's it's like I've given you all of the tools and all of the training and we got past it and I had your buy-in and you understood that it was really important and, and this and that and then action still wasn't taken. So I feel like that's the one where as a leader, we can influence so many of these steps and we can prepare and inspire and influence and do all these things. But at the end of the day, we will always say, and in the book you'll read, or on the audiobook, you'll hear that um, it's that action step that's really up to the team members. Fortunately, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know I agree, and it's that action step is up to the team members, and then then again, it kind of flips back to the leader to be holding them accountable. Then, and how are how is the leader going to handle when somebody does or does not? They have everything they need. They have the knowledge they have the importance and now they don't do it so it it is that employee who does that or takes it or doesn't take the action but then how does the leader handle it and i do have um i think a pretty good example of of one of this these situations where we had somebody that was on the on the front desk at bach rock and honestly um <laughs> she showed up and she was a very nice person and she um she just did not really have common sense and didn't like somebody would she'd answer the phone and they'd say um i'm online waiting for my online lesson and the person isn't showing up and she'd say okay thank you and she'd hang up and she wouldn't go and tell a person like in the room like someone's waiting for you <laughs> you know like there was like just like no common sense and no addressing you know no logical thought process and she really was not she was creating a lot of problems for the other people that worked at the front desk and so we ended up um sitting down and clarifying expectations for this employee like um what she really needed to be doing and then when she didn't do it again then we addressed it again and the important part here is the person who's really the high quality front desk person, like really working hard, kicking butt and everything, you know, she had come to me and said, I just want to thank you for addressing her behavior because I've worked so many places where no one ever does that. And then I end up taking on all of this extra work because the other people aren't held accountable to do their jobs. So I think that's an important um distinction and additional note just on the importance of the leader of making sure that they're reacting to action or inaction. Well, and bringing it back one last time, because I know for those listening, we are not your normal Gapology friends. We are the ladies of Relatively Speaking, Sarah and Judy Shulak, bringing you a different type of topic relating to Gapology and how it really transcends industry. It doesn't matter what industry you come from, what experience level you're at, or even what level you are in your career. These tools, um, it's just kind of like a template that you can go by, which is really similar to our Tucket method or model that we've been using through conflict resolution. And when we do that, the Tucket is an acronym. So Tuck is T-U-C-K, which stands for talk to the other person or the person you're in conflict with understand their point of view and where they're coming from, create a mutually beneficial situation or outcome. And then the K is keep your promises. And we always found that to be a really important element 
to put in there because it does bake in accountability to the situation because usually resolving conflicts is so emotional and there's so much caught up in it that it's hard enough to even have the conversation to talk to the person, understand and create this solution if you get that far. And then normally you just kind of say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is the new normal and try and establish it. But by putting that K in the acronym, it, it builds in the accountability and the ability for both parties to come back and say, how are we doing with this? Which is exactly what you're talking about, Judy, as the leader in the action step, to have the accountability and those expectations um, and the, the foresight really to be able to do that, to make sure that people stay on track. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's, um, it's, I, I love, I love the Tucket method I always have. It's just such a great way to um, help really think out a way to walk through this conflict resolution. And again, um, there are so many emotions involved with resolving conflicts and the more you can at least map out your thoughts methodically and and again, to go back and and hold yourself accountable and, and keep your keep your promises. So um, yeah, I think it's, I think there has never been a time when we really have had so much conflict. And I think some of the examples that I gave um, were very simple and talking about how to, how to identify things that are in their infancy stages before they get really significant. But realistically, a lot of conflicts are that you're going to be resolving are going to be ones that have magnified quite a bit. And so I think it's really is important to be able to really walk through and identify what really is the gap. I mean, is it really a knowledge? Do people know what they need to do? Or, or are we just like, like letting everything land there and not looking at ourselves as the leader? And are we really being very forthright in making sure our people know what's really most important and why? Um, and lastly, are we as leaders, you know, making sure that people are taking the appropriate action and recognizing when people are like when we go through all of the steps and making sure they have knowledge, making sure they have an importance, then are we celebrating their successes and recognizing when they're doing a great job? Because that's that's part of closing that action gap, too, is recognizing that. So, well, I appreciate you sharing that, Judy. Those final thoughts are so profound, especially since we have such very different industries now. And I know that we've never really held the same role or worked besides maybe when I was at Buffalo Wild Wings intern and we literally had similar <laughs> roles. But I, for those who, for those of you who are new listeners or new listeners for us, I work in the nonprofit sector. And so for me, managing a workforce is managing a volunteer workforce, which tends to have a lot more conflicts and a lot less resolution. Um, because we, we like many other industries right now, are, are dramatically understaffed, but we have zero resources because we don't, we don't pay people. Obviously, they're all volunteers. So one of the lessons I've learned when we get through this and we, when we have to walk through conflicts or particularly situations of action gaps where people know, people get it, they've bought into the vision or they wouldn't be volunteering, but the actions still aren't taking. And we 
might hear examples of, oh, well, this happened and this came up and life happens and, oh, I get it. And well, when I signed up, I had more time and now I don't have as much time as I thought I did. I've heard everything. And it can be hard to not take that personally of these people to feel the buy-in and feel the importance and then not take action. And one thing that I will say for leaders like that is we'll say the same thing when we're working through the Tuckett method, identify your escalation plan, because depending on your industry and depending on your organizational structure, that's going to look different. I am not saying that you need to give everyone an ultimatum and say, do this or you're out because obviously that would be somewhat dramatic. And maybe if they're not a good cultural fit and they have no interest in adjusting, but in situations I encounter, it's like if somebody doesn't have the bandwidth to do something, I'm not going to keep it as their responsibility and keep it on their plate. Um, and one example we had is that we had little banners, you know, the you drive down the road and there are these banners that are up there. Well, we had little banners that attached to the bottom of them with business names. And I had a guy who said, oh, no, no, I can install those. Don't pay anyone. I can install those, which as a nonprofit, you're always trying to find ways to save a little money or, or have someone do something for free for you. So it's a blessing when people offer. But those little banners sat there for weeks and it got to a month. And I said, hey, buddy, where are we at with these banners? Are we hanging them up? Can I make you a map? Can I? And I gave what I thought were more resources and more support and the encouragement and the reminder, we really want to get those up because so-and-so is having an anniversary and we want to have their banner up by their anniversary. And it sat there for a solid month and I just took them away from him. I said, I'm going to call the company. We're going to pay to have them hung up and that's going to be the end of it. And he had a few things to say about that, but it just reminds you that those people's skills can be put in to put to other use, which is a better use of their skills. So if people aren't doing something, there might be reasons why, not just I wasn't trained or I don't have the importance. Um, so when they're bigger projects like that and they can be owned by a various number of people, maybe that role, that little responsibility can go to a different role and somebody else can really excel at it. So when tasks are flexible, just kind of keep that in mind too. So Judy, as we uh, wrap up the takeover of the Gapology Radio, do you have any other um, thoughts, comments, questions to our listeners here today? No, I just would like to uh, thank you, Sarah, for uh, being my partner this morning on this show. And I really appreciate um, Brian and Mark entrusting us with uh, taking over their show for today. It's really been, it's been always been great to chat about conflicts and how we can resolve them, especially um, through applying them through the lens of Gapology. So I hope everyone has a great day and thank you. We'll see you again. Awesome. And if you want to get your own copy of the Gapology book, you can go to gapology.org. You can also find the Gapology radio podcast anywhere where you get your podcasts. And if online video virtual learning is better for you, you can either listen to Gapology book on Audible or Udemy. So those are all fantastic resources. And once again, we appreciate Mark and Brian for letting us do this takeover and don't get too comfortable because we will definitely see you again. Bye. Bye. This has been a Gapology production. Visit us at gapology.org.